This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Support for the Pop Shop Podcast comes from Audible, featuring more than 180,000 titles, including the latest releases, bestsellers, romances, thrillers, and lots more. Audible is the world's leading source of audiobooks. Start your 30-day free trial with a free audiobook on audible.com slash billboard. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the co-director of charts at Billboard. Joining me, as always, is Billboard.com senior editor Katie Atkinson. Hello, Katie. Hi, Keith. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. You have a lovely, uh, well, by the time people are hearing this, it's Wednesday, so the weekend's quite in the past, but I still haven't really seen you. So how was your weekend? I know. I was going to say, like, I haven't seen you in a few days, Keith. This will be a real catch-up conversation yes. here. You were on holiday. Yeah, br- br- briefly, yes. Brief, <laughs> briefly on holiday in London. I, I actually, uh, I was going to say, I'm like, I saw the X Factor live. I'm like, I saw it on TV live. <laughs> um, I wasn't, like, in the venue. Um but yeah, so I felt very, you know, quasi-British for a moment. <laughs> like, be, have been part of a pop culture moment. Totally. Uh, even though X Factor there is, is seems to be as relevant as American Idol here uh, is in America. Yeah. I mean, I think actually it's more slightly more relevant than American Idol because, like, they're selling out, like, I think Wembley. Yeah. Or, like, you know, the O2 or Man, something. Man, are they really? I think it's O2. Like, the finale was at the O2 Arena. Wow, okay. I think, or it went, I don't know, it was in a big stadium. That's pretty intense. Whatever. It was in a big British stadium. One Direction, <laughs> Adele played the show, and, and really, that's... That actually that, shows that it is pretty <laughs> relevant still, yeah. if, you, if that's your lineup. Um, so yeah, I was, I was briefly in London, and uh, did not spot uh, any of the members of Girls Aloud, Sugar Babes, McFly, oh, or Kylie oh, on the street. Disappointing. It's disappointing. <laughs> I was really hoping I would, like, you know, be able to, like, you know... Because usually you just find those superstars wandering the streets. They're, they're just... <laughs> They're just draped across trees and benches. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it was nice. Uh, did you do anything fun? Oh, I had a really low-key weekend. Nothing worth mentioning. Nothing worth mentioning? No. Nothing music-related? <laughs> no. Um, well, uh, as always, uh, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast, which is presented by Audible this week, is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the week's big pop news, fun chart stats and stories, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. On this week's show, oh, we'll be talking about Adele again. Wait, who's that? <laughs> who's this lady Adele? <laughs> I've heard of her before. <laughs> um, she's, she's still topping the charts. She announced a new tour. She just did a TV special. Everything's coming up, Adele. We'll be talking about her again. We're talking about our Women in Music event, which happened last Friday. Yeah. Um, we honored a number of uh, leading ladies of uh, music. Uh, including some pop shop favorites. Some pop shop favorites and, pe- and previous guests. Uh, we'll be talking about that. Um, we are going to be discussing possible Academy Award contenders for Best Original Song. Mm-hmm. Will Nick Cannon have an Oscar <laughs> next year? <laughs> could, could Meek Mill possibly be nominated? <laughs> yes. <laughs> These are all questions we will address. Um, uh, plus, we'll be talking about how Josh Groban is heading to Broadway and some of our picks for possible uh, future Broadway stars. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have an interview with the legendary James Taylor. Uh, James Taylor called into the pop shop a week ago uh, to discuss uh, some stuff, including his first number one album on the Billboard 200 earlier this year, his most recent Grammy Award nomination. And what he thinks about President Obama. You guys, James Taylor is on the Pop Shop Podcast. I know, it's pretty cool. <laughs> this is the coolest. I'm like, like is, that's, that's pretty... It's awesome. Like, only on the Pop Shop Podcast can you get interviews with everyone from um, Annie Lennox, Nile Rogers, Jimmy Fallon, and James Taylor 
to Fifth Harmony, Fifth Harmony, Al Selena King. Gomez, Al King, yeah. Nick Jonas. Um, we just we're looking out for you guys. We got we got everything. Pop means popular, and so it it covers a lot a, wi- a wide range of things, including James Taylor. There you go. Um, so first things first, Adele. She continues to be number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart with her album 25. Um, it earned 728,000 equivalent album units in the most recent week um, ending, I believe it was last Thursday, so that would have been December 10th, I believe. Yep. Things I should know. (laughs) Um, And of that, 695,000 were in pure album sales. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) So the album has now sold more than 5 million copies in America. Um, it is the first album to sell 5 million copies in a calendar year since Adele's own 21 did so in 2011. And this calendar year, I mean, it's, what is it? Not even a month. There's, yeah, there's, there's, <laughs> yeah, she's, the, the album's been out for three weeks. There are three <laughs> more tracking weeks left in the year. Okay. Um, and it works out quite perfectly because the sales tracking week ends on Thursday each week. Mm-hmm. So this week's tracking week ends whatever this Thursday is, which is not that interesting. Then it's the seventeenth. The seventeenth. People care. <laughs> so then next Thursday, little, would, little day called Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Uh huh. Quite a popular day for mm-hmm. last minute shopping. Yes. And then the following Thursday is New Year's Eve, which yeah. is the very last day of the year. So it's one of those perfect, perfect years where the the there's a tracking week where it ends on Christmas Eve, which just maximizes. The volume of sales. Yeah. Plus, you're going to actually get, like, the very last day of the year on the very last day of the tracking week. Sometimes our end-of-the-year week actually bleeds over one way or the other. Right. Like, sometimes, like, our last week of the year may be, like, week ending on December 30th. Right. Or the 29th. Or January 2nd, just depending on where that week falls. But this is the magic moment. For people like me, this actually means something. <laughs> Katie's I, just like, I'm going to go along with this, Keith, and just <laughs> nod at you. I was just going to say, I hope my mom's not listening right now because I purchased a, a copy of Adele's 25 this week. Because you wanted to purchase it for people. Uh, yeah. For, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> just people. Just people. <laughs> God. I like the way you say it. You're like, I hope she's not. I'm like, you could save this. You don't need to say whatever you're going to say. Okay, I bought a single copy of Adele's 25 this week for no apparent reason, and I feel like this is going to be a really regular thing. This is, you know, it's kind of crazy, though, if there are 5 million copies sold already to assume that my mom has not already purchased this, but other people are assuming the same There's thing. There's hundreds of millions of people that live in the United States of America. There very <clears throat> much are. Yeah. Um, well, here's some more fun stats about the sales feat, the most recent sales feat of Adele. Um, it is the fifth album... Oh, wait, sorry. Let me say that again. It is the first time an album has sold more than 650,000 copies in each of its first three weeks of of release since Nielsen Music began tracking sales in 1991. Wow. Four earlier albums did have three weeks of 650 or above, but they weren't the first three weeks of those albums Okay. Okay. So, like, maybe it started with six fifty over six fifty, and then had a week off, and then came back up. Usually, it's albums around like Christmas time. Mm -hmm. So, like, the Beatles one did it. Yeah. So, like, it had a had a like a good debut, and then it just got bigger and bigger Mm -hmm. as Christmas rolled around. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's going to happen to Adele. Actually, I have a feeling that um, this week she'll probably have a bump because of her NBC TV special. Yes. That aired uh, this Monday night, and then she'll probably have a natural big increase next week because it's the week of christmas yep people buying the album and then she can have a she she'll probably have a drop off the week after christmas because everything falls off but i have a feeling like there's there could be a decent shot she could do another million i mean post christmas, christmas sales though like they uh, gift who cards knows if to they're burn. gonna you know target's gonna put it on for 7.99 or something you know or whatever right. like some something could happen um you know so this the, the sales continue to grow um, what else is happening on the Billboard 200? Well, we have a number two debut from your favorite group, Coldplay. Coldplay. Head full of dreams. Yes, head full of dreams, right? A head full of dreams. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had actually... Not to be confused with a sky full of stars. <laughs> I wrote a head full of stars. Oh, there you go. I, I on, feel like everybody could make that mistake so easily, though. I wrote that on Sunday, and... 
Um, I, I wrote the story from London. So I, it was like, you know, three in the afternoon, London time. Right. And it was like still the crack of dawn in, in yeah. Los Angeles. Yeah. And I wrote it and we posted it. And then like hours later, I see a tweet from someone who was very uh. nice and said, oh, by the way, Coldplay's album is not called A Head Full of Stars. I don't edit on Sundays, everybody. <laughs> That is correct. You did not edit it. Someone else. Someone else. Not naming names. Someone else did. Well, the set earned 210,000 units in its first week, of which 195,000 were in pure album sales. Kind of a dip off. A dip off? Kind of a slip off. A dip? A dip? It's just a dip. Kind of a dip for Coldplay. Um, But hey, it's their sixth straight top five charting studio album. Um, there were four previous albums all debuted at number one. Uh, Coldplay uh, debuted on the Billboard 200 nearly exactly 15 years ago um, on the chart dated December 30th, 2000. Uh, that week, the band's debut album, Parachutes, arrived at number 189 on its way to a number 51 peak the following year. Elsewhere, that is such a good album, by the way. Really? Parachutes? Oh, my God. I love Parachutes. Okay. Katie's eyes just like popped out of her head, <laughs> rolled over the desk, and then slapped me. You're going to like Coldplay. Um, we're actually we're going to bring up Coldplay later on um, in uh, well somewhere else somewhere else. Yeah, you in just co- wait. Yeah, you just wait. You just wait. Thanks, Katie. Um, elsewhere in the top ten, G Easy debuts at number five with his new album "When It's Dark Out." Um, Rick Ross's new album "Black Market" starts at number six. And uh, Troy Sivan uh, debuts at number seven with his new album, Blue Neighborhood. It's his Very first nice. full-length studio album. So there's your top ten on the Billboard 200 chart. Um, I suspect Adele could be number one for the next few months. Yeah. I don't know. Sure. I mean, anything is possible at this point. Um, moving on to the Hot 100. Mm-hmm. Adele is number one. You may have heard her. <laughs> Hello is still number one for a seventh week. It actually ties her longest run at number one um, with Rolling in the Deep, which was also number one for seven weeks. I have a feeling Hello probably isn't going anywhere, so it will soon become her longest running number one single. Rolling in the Deep was longer a longer number one than um, Someone Like You? Yes. If I put Keith totally on the spot? Pretty, I'm pretty sure. I remember Someone Like You being on the radio so much, you know? But I, like, maybe it... <laughs> well, if it's wrong, we'll correct it later. And yeah. Editing. If it's not, they'll just be in a weird, awkward pause right now. That's that's the beauty of this podcast. Um, uh, elsewhere on the uh, Hot 100. Oh wait, let me let me. There's more stuff to talk about Adele. Um, Billboard announced that her next single is going to be "When We Were Young." Yes. Uh, we we confirmed that with a source. Um, Hello continues to have a significant lead over the number two single. Justin Bieber, sorry. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it doesn't appear like sorry is suddenly going to jump and take the number one spot. Big movers outside the top 10, though, because the top 10 itself is fairly static. Uh, the weekends in the night jumps 37 to 19, thanks to across the board gains with airplay, sales, and streams. What do you think of this song? Are you familiar with it very much, Katie? Um, it's okay if yes, you aren't. It's super Michael Jackson. It's super 80s, and I'm, I'm digging it. Yeah, it, it seems like to me when I was hearing it, and I hadn't, I wasn't super familiar with it until kind of recently. I'm like, oh, this is sort of like a nice, it's a nice meeting of Can't Feel My Face in the Hills. Yeah. Where it still has that kind of like haunting vibe. Yeah. But it's still kind of poppy enough. Have you seen the video yet? No. You should totally watch the video. Oh, no. It's also very 80s. Hmm. It's like very Duran Duran. So oh. I feel like you'll appreciate well, it. I already am on board. Yeah. You just need to check it out. It's very, um, it's it's just a really cool retro vibe hmm. and it matches the song perfectly. Oh, alrighty. Um, elsewhere, the voice contestant Jordan Smith debuts with a cover of Queen's Somebody to Love. It debuts at number 21 on the Hot 100. That's huge. Yeah, it, it sold really well. It sold 164,000 downloads. It was the top-selling download last week. Wow. Um, I'm, frankly, I have not seen the voice, um, in kind of a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I you think, and I are in the same boat. I think a lot of people are, but I think for some reason he's resonating with people. I think he's termed a Christian singer. Yeah, actually, our uh, Christian charts writer did an article last week about he had two number one songs on the Hot Christian Songs charts 
like replacing himself at number one. Oh boy! So he's had oh, crazy chart success. Yeah, <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> yeah, no, he's had some pretty insane chart success. Um, for the Voice. Uh, also on the Hot 100 this week, 21 pilots get their first top 40 hit on the Hot 100. Uh, Stressed Out climbs 45 to 28. Uh, the song is up in all metrics. Uh, and I've been hearing it on the radio a lot. They're having a moment. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they had a number one album, and, and the songs continue to get popular. And and um, it, it seems like a lot of musicians are taking note of them, too. Mm. Like, you know, contemporary artists are like, who are these people? I've seen them. Who are, They're tw- 21 who? <laughs> I don't know what that was. Um, also, Brenda Lee's Christmas classic, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree, returns to the chart. Re-entering at number 44, it's actually the track's highest rank since 1961, um, and it peaked at number 14 the previous year. Would you believe I, she was only like 13 years old when she released Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree? Wow. Yeah, so she's like 71 right now. Oh, my God. So actually, she's like a young 71 at this point yeah. for having a hit so early. Man. Yeah. Uh, Jim Asker, who manages all of our country charts, mm-hmm. writes a uh, kind of retro a reflective piece every week for our country update mm-hmm. newsletter that goes out each week. And uh, it's called Coda. We also have a Coda in the magazine, the Billboard magazine each week. But his is specifically about country music each week. And I believe the next one is about uh, rocking around the Christmas tree. And in it, it said, you know, Brenda Lee, now 71. I'm like, what? Yeah. How is she? What? She's only How? 71? Huh? And I'm like, <laughs> she was 13? Yeah. <laughs> What? Yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) And now it's time for a word from our sponsor, Audible. When I listen to Audible, I'm not flying to my third sales meeting this month. I'm on a romantic date with my vampire boyfriend, Pierre. That pale skin, those dark, mysterious eyes, and those pointy teeth. Take me away, Pierre. Ma'am. I want to become queen of the night. Ma'am. Something to drink? Water, please. Audible. Stories that surround you. More than 180,000 audio titles, and your first download is free at audible.com. Let's talk about our Women in Music event, which uh, took place last Friday in New York. Uh, We had a uh, fabulous uh, breakfast uh, celebrating women in music, and we honored Lady Gaga as our Woman of the Year. We also celebrated uh, Loretta Lynn, Missy Elliott, Fifth Harmony, Lana Del Rey, Selena um, Gomez, Demi Lovato, uh, Tori Kelly. Um, we're probably missing one. Kelsey Ballerini. Kelsey Ballerini. Yeah, there you go. I think that I hope I just named every single one. That might be. That, <laughs> uh, Jody Gerson was our executive of the year as well. Yeah, we we honor um, <clears throat> a whole slew of executives and women in entertainment and in, in music business. Plus, um, we also honor a uh, collection of artists. Um, so and they all come together for this breakfast in New York, and this year for the first time it was going to be filmed for TV broadcast. Yeah, and uh, that show will be. When is that show going to be on the it's air? It's airing Friday, December eighteenth on Lifetime. In Lifetime. Yeah, and there will be performances in the show. Yeah, um, Selena Gomez performs. Uh, Lady Gaga performs. Fifth Harm. Really? What Lady yeah. Gaga to? I think she did. Um, Till it happens to you from oh. the Hunting Ground. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Um, and uh, Fifth Harmony did a little medley, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also fabulous guest presenters. Alicia Keys is there. Uh, who else? Uh, boy, oh boy. Yeah, Alicia actually uh, presents Jody Gerson Jody because Gerson's that's right. who signed her when she was 14 years old. Oh. Um, and actually, Jody also discovered Lady Gaga. <laughs> so pretty good, yeah. <laughs> like executive of the year. I guess she, she's done well for herself. She's she's, she's done well. Yes. Um. And uh, we, we also talked to a number of these stars on the red carpet as they were going in. Yeah, because even though the show does not air until Friday, you can go on Billboard.com right now and see our red carpet and backstage interviews with most all of the honorees. Um, I saw that we saw we, we talked to Gaga and we talked to... Yeah, I talked saw Ty, to Loretta Ty, Lynn. Ty Comer, uh, who is our associate in New York. I saw his picture. I'm like, gosh darn it, he talked to Gaga. Yeah, That's he so did. Cool. It was great. He asked her who her woman of the year was. It's like my mom, probably. It, exactly what it she was? said. Hey, <laughs> good guess. I didn't see the interview. I'm like, good guess. That's funny. Yeah, no. She's, like, she's always my woman of the year. <laughs> she, he also talked to Tony Bennett about Lady Gaga. Oh. Yeah, it was really great. It was a all, all around great interviews, so definitely check those out. 
What, what, did he, what did he talk to Loretta Lynn about? Oh, Loretta Lynn, he asked her about um, all the kind of boundary-pushing topics that she wrote about right. like way before anybody was writing about them, including like birth control, birth control divorce. Like the pill. Yeah. Um, and she's like, I didn't realize that people didn't talk about stuff like that. Like that's like in her world, people talked about you know having babies, birth control, divorce, whatever, and so that was what was in her music. So that's naturally yeah, what you write about. authentic music from her life. Because she's the best. You go, Loretta. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, make sure you tune into the special uh, on the 18th. Yep. And uh, watch it. Tweet along. Tweet about it. I'll be watching. Since we're here in L.A., we didn't get to be there. So yeah, it's true. kind of awesome that we get to experience it for the first time. Um, we just mentioned how uh, Lady Gaga performed Til, uh, uh, Till It Happens to You mm-hmm. at the event. That song is one of... 74. 74 um, eligible original songs uh, that are. <laughs> just do the sentence piece by That me. are possibly. That are contenders for. Oscar Best Song in 2015. Yeah, there's. A, so what the Academy Awards. What the Academy does is they whittle down a list of eligible contenders um, from films released in 2015 mm-hmm. for the next Academy Awards. And. So these are the songs that are kind of on the long list. And then the, I believe, the music branch of the Academy will go through and vote on which of these five songs they would like to be actually nominated. So um, what happens every year is like sometimes there will be a song that you think has a shot, but because of its placement in a film or maybe there, you didn't hear enough of the song in the film, it doesn't qualify. And like if it's just over the end credits or something? Well, or... It, can, it can be, a song can be over the end credits and be considered um, and be eligible, but it has to be the first cue heard in the end credits. Uh, got it. It's very specific. And so sometimes it's very tricksy mm-hmm. where... <laughs> tricksy. No, it's very tricksy <laughs> because that's what happens. Like, you know, sometimes songs are just written for a movie in the hopes that they'll get a nomination. Right. And they stick them into the credits. Yeah. And you have to be very careful because you want a song to... If you want it to be in the end credits, you have to get really creative about those end credits to make people want the visual on the screen to interact with the music you are hearing. Right. Because if it's just credits that are rolling, that's not a very dynamic use of music in a movie. Well, and what you're saying to me makes me feel even more confident that See You Again could end up with an Oscar nomination because they so thoroughly incorporated that song into like a pivotal moment of Furious 7, the Paul Walker tribute. Right. Um, at the end. So. See You Again is one of the 74 uh, uh, possible, they're the, one of the 74 songs that are eligible. Um, it was co-written by Wiz Khalifa and Charlie Puth, among others. Yes, which actually Keith taught me this morning that uh, you ha- it's a songwriter award. So it, you can't just perform a song. Otherwise, as Madonna fan Keith said, Madonna would have two Oscars right now. Because two songs that she performed have won Academy Awards. Sooner or later, I always get my man for Dick Tracy was written by Stephen Sondheim, performed by Madonna mm-hmm. for the film Dick Tracy. Uh, Stephen Sondheim won the Academy Award for that. And then later she won, or she did not win, <laughs> if only. She didn't. She, uh, she performed the song you Must Love Me from Evita, from Evita written by um, Tim Rice and Andrew Lloyd Webber specifically for the, the movie. movie version, yeah. um, so she's one of those uh, rare ladies that have performed two Academy Award winning songs. Ah. Anyway, but so, see you again. See actually, you again. Wiz Khalifa and Charlie Puth were part of the songwriting team. What, what so. are some? Uh, I have my list here somewhere. Uh, what are What are some of the? Uh, we we notable, parsed this through. Notable yeah. possible like. We, we, notable people that might that could get an academy award nomination all right uh my first one is the weekend uh for earned it from 50 shades of gray now that now uh the that interesting um that movie isn't exactly academy awards bait fair enough yeah so we'll see (laughs) yes uh if if uh they can Turn on voters. Actually, from the same movie, there's two others, too. Uh, Love Me Like You Do, for, uh, which was performed by Ellie Goulding, was written by Max Martin. Ellie so, Goulding didn't write it. Nope. Huh. And uh, then Salted Wound, also from Fifty Shades of Grey, is written and performed by Sia. Oh. So all of these people are, are eligible. Hmm. Who else? Um, uh, we have Pharrell. I think both of us have Pharrell. I yeah. have him for... It's my turn now from the movie Dope. Yeah, I've got Pharrell from a couple, well, a song, one or two songs from the movie SpongeBob movie, Sponge Out of Water. <laughs> I love that title. <laughs> um, Sponge Out of Water. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, he was just nominated a year ago for Happy for from Happy. Despicable Me. Yeah, two. Yes. <laughs> Um, so, uh, but that song was ubiquitous. These yes. songs are not. Yes. Yeah. So perhaps, perhaps not. Um, I've got, um, uh, Rihanna. Oh, yeah. She had a couple songs from the movie Home. Which she also was a voice actor in. Right. Yeah. Home, um, uh, uh, successful, but not like a runaway break no. blockbuster. No. Um, so. Mm, and I don't know those songs. Yeah. No yeah. one knows those songs. I mean, someone knows them. <laughs> Rihanna knows them. <laughs> Clearly, Rihanna, Robin Fenty <laughs> yes. knows those songs. But, you know, do they... That And also, that doesn't necessarily mean... This is not a popularity contest. Just because a song is known, that does not necessarily mean that it can get a nomination. Right. And conversely, a, an obscure song can get a nomination because it really just depends on when the music branch is voting for these songs. It really depends on how the song itself is used in the movie. If yeah. it's in a really pivotal scene... Or you hear elements of the song kind of strung throughout the movie as, like, emotional cues. And I feel like that leads us also to, there's two movies on our list. Um, one is Danny Collins and one is Frank or uh, Ricky and the Flash, oh, well. where the actors themselves were playing musicians who then sang these original songs, like, within the movie. Yeah. So for mine um, is Al Pacino and Danny Collins, and Ryan Adams and Don Was wrote a song for him called Don't Look Down. Oh, I was going to say, Al Pacino wrote something? No. Darn it. Sorry, Al Pacino did not write it, but Ryan Adams wrote it for Al Pacino. Yeah, if you can, if you, if the song itself can be not just, it's not just like, you know, a two minute moment in a movie. Mm-hmm. It If a song can be elevated to where it becomes like really an important part of the movie, like in uh, the Lego movie. Oh, um, um, everything is awesome. Everything is cool when we're part of a team. I love that song and, so much. And when you see the movie, if you haven't seen the movie, I'm not going to ruin it for you, but the song itself is actually like something that moves the story forward yeah. and you hear the song at least two or three different times yep. in the movie and it actually has like, there's like a, a plot point where like the story ch- turns because of that song yep. itself. So that's that's the, the whole point of this. Like, you know, you shouldn't be able to just get an Academy Award nomination just for like writing the song that runs over the end credits. Right, right, right. That's not really like a great achievement right, right, in right. writing music for a movie like if you can write a song that like carries an emotional weight through the film or like changes the storyline even if it is like tucked into like a big 80s blockbuster movie or like a big 80s movie like dirty dancing like i've had the time of my life yes like that scores like the last effectively like seven minutes of the movie yeah, yeah. um but that that's a really moving part of the movie. And also the whole movie itself is all about music. Yeah. Yep. Um, who else is on your list? We can run through this really quickly. Just like some names. Meek Mill has a song in Creed. <laughs> Nick Cannon has a song in Chirac that he co-wrote. Um, Josh Groban co-wrote a song for the movie Boy Choir. Um, I've got uh, Kaiza uh, wrote mm-hmm. a song for Home. Miranda Lambert, uh, believe it or not, co-wrote a song called Two of a Crime ah! for Hot Pursuit. It's an amazing title. With Sofia Vergara. Um <laughs> Um, as we said earlier, Lady Gaga could possibly be nominated for her song Till It Happens to You from The Hunting Ground. She co-wrote that with Diane Warren. Uh, Juanes wrote Juntos together. Um, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. From McFarland, USA. Mark Ronson wrote a song that no one probably remembers from Mordecai called Joanna or Johanna. Uh, Megan Trainer, Better When I'm Dancing from the Peanuts oh, yeah, movie. yeah, Peanuts. That's right. Um, Sia again for oh. Flashlight. A couple Sias, a couple Pharrells. Pretty impressive. Um, Eminem again. Oh yeah, phenomenal. Phenomenal. He's an Academy Award winner himself, of course, for "Lose Yourself," and um, Sam Smith for "Writings on the Wall" from Spectre. Mm-hmm. Were there any other people, like huge people, on your list that we skipped over? I think we covered. I mean, we were talking about there's a song from the movie "Freehold" that Linda Perry wrote for Miley Cyrus, so that's mm-hmm. a song that a lot of people have heard um, since it's a Miley song. But Miley herself did not co-write, so it would just be for Linda on that one. Are any of these, do you think, are, like, really obvious? Like, oh, that'll get in? I feel like See You Again. Yeah, See You Again. Kind of. And I feel like, actually, even though Fifty Shades of Grey is not uh, Oscar bait, the two songs, The Weeknd and Earned It and Love Me Like You Do, were really big songs that everyone has heard. Did you you research who did the – no, it doesn't look like you did. Um, Which one? Cinderella song, Strong from Cinderella. Oh, no. I mean, I looked up, uh, and it wasn't anyone I had heard of before. I have a feeling it could be, like, we could see something from Ricky and the Flash. 
Um, that song is really good, by the way. Cold One, which is co-written by Jenny Lewis. Um, that one, uh, if you could go online and watch the the scene where Meryl Streep sings that song to uh, who is her online Rick Springfield, her movie uh, boyfriend. Yeah, is Rick Springfield. It's a really great moment. Well, um, these uh, 74 songs are eligible. They will be willed down to a, a handful of nominees. They will be announced on January 14th, 2016. Um, I believe Billboard probably will not be at the nomination ceremony, but probably someone from The Hollywood Reporter, our sister publication, will. <laughs> we will cover it. Um, as we said a second ago, some of the folks that are eligible um, include Josh Groban, and Josh Groban is actually headed to Broadway. Yeah. Um, he'll play Pierre in the new musical <laughs> Natasha, Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. It is aiming for a fall premiere on Broadway. I thought it'd be fun if we talked about who we what pop stars we would like to see on broadway i have to say also josh groban is great a great great. pick for broadway like and he's really funny yeah like he's done a lot of skits and stuff for late night and he was on the office as you know for a little bit like he's just a good actor funny guy so i feel like that's perfect people don't usually think of him as being like because you you think like and then like he's like hey ha 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 he's like funny guy (laughs) and he's kind of like but that like michael buble and him are kind of in that they're cut from the same cloth where like they're you, you they're very clearly sort of these classically trained or like pop stylist vocalists but at the same time you don't you don't immediately think that they're going to be like funny like yeah like engaging down to earth people because yeah. you just I think we elevate those kinds of artists to a different level mm-hmm. um, and I think it's nice that they can sort of it's like no 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 I'm funny I'm accessible <laughs> I'm engaging I'm a normal human um, so um, I I th- I'll start um, and and uh, you know I think Adele would be a hoot on Broadway. Even if it was just like a one woman show, just her, just like oh riffing. Oh my God, yes. It's like, here's what I think about stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You watch her interviews and she is hilarious. So, yes, I would, I'd be there for that 100%. Yeah. She could be like, um, oh, what is her name? The uh, Elaine Stritch. Yes. Like that, <laughs> that kind of Adele one woman at show. Liberty. Exactly. <laughs> um, who, who would you uh, be interested in seeing? I had a couple people I put down. One thing I thought that could be interesting because she started um, in theater is Ariana Grande. And That's she right. has an amazing voice. She was in, what was it? She I was think it's called thir- 13. 13. Yeah. yeah. And um and I just love the idea like that that's where she came from and she always also has done some like really fun late night sketch kind of things and impressions so I feel like she'd be awesome. Um, I think Madonna would be great on Broadway. Yes, I mean she was on Broadway in Speed the Plow, but that was a play back in the eighties. Um, I I don't know. I mean she also could do an Elaine Stritch style one woman show. You know she's not really good with just like being like herself on stage. Like she just doesn't. She just she's not. She's not good at just being loose. Mm. Like sometimes she is, but she's she, so witty though. Yeah, I th- I think I think she's just the nerves get her when she's on yeah. stage, and when she loosens up, she's really good. Fun. So if she can if she can just like sort of loosen up, yeah, then that should you know she could do something like that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Anyway, I don't know. What, do you have any others? My last one was um, Jennifer Lopez, who I'm I'm obsessed Which with. Which would be great. But like imagine because Hamilton is such a huge hit, and there's like this hip hop musical now. Imagine if they did something like that for her. Like a showcase for her where it was like hip hop, like dancing, like involved in some crazy story. Obviously, probably not like Step it a up, founding the father's story. Yeah, exactly. But like, I could totally see her killing it in mm. that. Um, my last two were Justin Timberlake because he is sort of truly a multi hyphenate. Oh yeah, like, triple threat. Like he, like he's hilarious on SNL. Like he's engaging on Fallon. Like he can sing, he can dance, like he can act. Like, I would love it. Like he, re- they revive guys and dolls, and he's an interesting. Oh my god! Like oh, Nathan Detroit, Justin Timberlake. I'm so there for that. For all I know, guys and dolls is on Broadway right now. <laughs> um, and Cher has been working on a musical for a million years about her life, Ugh. where three different women would play Cher, and she what? would and she would play the oldest current, current version. Oh current, my god! Current Cher. Yes. Wouldn't that be cool? That needs to happen. Yeah. Oh, make it happen, Cher. All right. Um, I think now it's time for our special guest interview with. James Taylor. James Flipping Taylor. James Flipping Taylor. Um, James Taylor was recently honored with the Presidential Medal of Freedom Award uh, earlier this year. Uh, The Presidential Medal of Freedom is the nation's highest civilian honor presented to individuals who have made especially meritorious. Ooh, meritorious. Meritorious. (laughs) 
contributions to the security or national interests of the United States, to world peace, or to cultural or other significant public or private endeavors. That's, you know, a lot of different kinds of people. <laughs> um, he's a five-time Grammy Award winner, and he just received a Grammy Award nomination for his Before This World album uh, for Best Pop Vocal Album. And the album was also nominated as Best Engineered Album Non-Classical. Uh, we spoke to him about performing in tribute to his friend Carol King at the recent Kennedy Center Honors, uh, receiving, of course, the Presidential Medal of Freedom, his thoughts on President Obama, he's a big fan, and getting his first number one album on the Billboard 200 earlier this year with Before This World, and how we might see one another at the Grammy Awards Ooh. this year. It was kind of funny. You'll hear it in a second. So here's our interview with James Taylor. So welcome, James Taylor, to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. Uh, so glad that you could take time to call me. Um, I'd like to know, where, wh- how are you doing right now? Where, where are you calling me from? Are you at home? Are you on the road yeah, somewhere? Uh, yeah, Keith, I'm in, in uh, western Massachusetts at home. Um, uh, uh, this is uh, um, where we live. Uh, we've got two uh, teenage boys, who uh, twin boys, who are in school. Uh, in here in in Western Massachusetts, and uh, my studio is just uh, you know a hundred yards away from here in a in a barn that we that we built for the purpose. Uh, um, so this is uh, both home and uh, where I record. Um, I'm I'm well, but I'm I'm just getting over a cold that uh, oh dear that. Uh, uh, Rufus and Henry brought home, but thankfully I, I didn't come down to, uh, with it until after I I sang for uh, for Carol King uh, at the um, at, at the the Kennedy Center, yeah, weekend, yeah. That's amazing. I, I was gonna I was gonna ask you about that. That must have been a pretty special experience to uh, honor Carol um, in such a really cool um, you know, for such a cool evening. Uh, what, what was that like? Yeah, well, it was great. You know. Uh, uh, Carol and I go way back. We we recently, you know, recently in my terms, it was five years ago. But we did a we did a pretty extensive tour uh, 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 called Troubadour Reunion, where we got the old band back together and uh, and played about 50 gigs, I guess. Uh, uh, you know, so it 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 was really uh, it it's been uh, really great to see Carol getting the uh, the recognition. You speak of the the Kennedy Center, and you know uh, you yourself just recently received the Presidential Medal of Freedom from President Obama. Um, I watched that live stream on the web uh, a week or two ago. Uh, that looked like it was a, an incredible event to be with all those those folks and and to receive that honor. Uh, what, what was that like for you? Was that a was that a pretty special moment? I guess that would be kind of an understatement to say, but it must have been pretty special. It is an understatement. I I don't know how to adequately describe it. Really, I, I just completely took me by surprise and. You know, I, I uh, just, uh, you know, I gotta, gotta, you know, sort of readjust my entire self-image here a little bit. I, it's, <laughs> huge, uh, it's a huge honor, it really is, and and I, uh, you know, I, I just, uh, I was, uh, I was just blown away by it. Um, you 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 said previously you 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 really like um, uh, the president President Obama. Um, are you are you pals with him at this point? Uh, can you can you call him up on his cell phone yet? Are you are you are you that good friends yet? You know I I, I wouldn't I I assume that he's busy. You know and yeah. <laughs> so I I I wouldn't uh, presume uh, uh, even if I could. But um, I I do I am grateful every. It makes a surprising uh, amount of difference to me who who the country has chosen to represent it. And uh, in the case of Barack Obama, it it just makes me feel good about being an American. Uh, I feel really good that he represents us and that uh, I, really he, he is, in my opinion, a wonderful 
president and a great leader. Um, I'm going to miss it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't have a really great transition from this, but I, I want to acknowledge the fact that your, your most recent album, Before This World, hit number one on the Billboard 200 chart earlier this year. And incredibly, and I know you've commented on this before, I think I saw a YouTube video, um, incredibly, it was your first number one album. You've had, of course, amazing success on our charts you know, for decades, but a number one album just never happened until this year. Um, what do you make of that? Were you? I'm assuming you were excited when you found out that you were number one. But how did you feel when you found out that you were number one that week? You know, it it, it is uh, it it's more gratifying than I would have thought. You know, mm. I, I mean, generally speaking, I I think that people have too much of a tendency to to turn um, uh, to turn art into a into a competitive sport uh, to you know to to uh, to like compare one thing to another and say this is this is the best, this is the second best, this is these are the top ten, these are the you know, I, I think that that's not necessary with art essentially. Either it either it moves you or it doesn't, you know, and right. uh but it, it, at the at the same time, um we worked really, really hard on this album. I think it, it represents my evolution as a recording artist, uh uh over the over the 16 times I've taken a batch of songs into the studio to make a, uh, you know, a, a, an original studio album, um, it's something I've gotten better at. Uh, I have a community of musicians that I record with and that I, I tour with. And, um, you know, I, I think we did our best work. Uh, um, Dave O'Donnell, who produced it, just was not willing to let it go until it was just right, until it was as good as it possibly could be. And um, uh, I also feel as though uh, the record company, Concord Records, uh, did a, did an excellent job of, of lining it up and promoting it and announcing it and releasing it, which is sort of, the, the you know, uh, uh, debuting at number one is, is sort of, is proof of that in a way, you know, the yeah. acknowledgement of the of the work that they did. So, so yeah, it 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 was a great thing to have happen. And I I think often, um, you know, when you when when this thing this sort of thing happens uh, um, uh, later on, uh, you know, that that it should happen the sixteenth time I've I've uh, I've, I've uh, released uh, an original album, uh, it, it, it makes it all the more uh, gratifying, I think. It was a real kick. It was uh, definitely, uh, uh, you know, like I say, uh, uh, you know, m most satisfactory. Who can imagine the scale of the forces that push this old mountain range up um, certainly, uh, you know, it, pe people. It was warmly received. Uh, people, you know, really enjoyed the album. The music resonated with uh, your fans, and I think with new fans. And uh, we see that in how it just received two Grammy Award nominations on December seventh. So congratulations on two more Grammy Award nominations. I, I assume you're going to go to the Grammys next year. Uh, I would assume that we'll see you on the red carpet. You know, I I haven't. Uh, uh... Uh, I haven't been given my March orders yet. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, um, what 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 is the actual date of the of the Grammy? Uh, that's a good question. You think I would know that, wouldn't you? Uh, it's, it's, I know it's a Monday in February. Uh, that much I know. I... Well, you know, uh, I think February is pretty pretty open for me actually. So uh, <laughs> I'm, hope, I'm hoping I I will be there. I I, I can't remember whether they uh, send you an invitation or uh, how that exactly works, but. Uh, I, I think there might be a very fancy envelope that arrives. It might be sort of gold embossed of some sort. I, I... Right, yeah, like a gold embossed envelope. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping I get the opportunity to actually be present. I hope so, too. Um, and the last thing, and then I'll let you go, you know, we're coming up on the end of the year. And, you know, you've obviously had a, a very uh, busy um, but fruitful year. Um, do you, you know, when you reflect on the past year in 2015, um, how do you look back on the year itself as a whole, and, and, and how do you feel about, you know, how things have gone? You know, it, it's funny, uh, um, different periods of time uh, sort of uh, 
start and end uh, at, at kind of arbitrary points, and, and really uh, I look at the, the, the sort of the beginning of recording this album in 2014, uh, working on it all through the winter and spring. Um, uh, actually, uh, uh, the album uh, the album gave uh, really we we wrote it right into the tour. We intended to release it um, in in 14 before the tour, but we had a full tour book to support it. Uh, so I did the tour and rec- and continued recording. We we did uh, sessions on the road. We did sessions in hotel rooms. Um, we uh, uh, we finally uh, delivered the thing in in uh, uh, January of, uh, of of 15, and um, and then uh, uh, I had a I, I continued tour. I, I did a tour of uh, Europe. Uh, came back and uh, released the album, did promotion for that, and then we we booked another tour um, uh, to support the album. And uh, so I, I've been pretty much flat out since uh, uh, January of 14, and um, uh, that just ended uh, uh, sort of in the middle of uh, at the end of October for me. It's been a, a very intense period of work. Uh, uh, you know, a, a lot of touring. We've been to Europe twice. Uh, I've been to Japan. Uh, uh, you know, it's just been uh, uh, basically uh, a full, full tilt <laughs> for a couple of years, and and uh, you know, it, it it was a great uh, period of time. You know, the touring, the recording, the, the just a, a very, uh, uh, you know, it it it, it seems like um, uh, it. it it has its own pace, you know. It's like run. It's like trying to jump out of a moving car. You know, it's <laughs> going just a little bit faster than you can run, but uh, you know, you you've got to come up with what it requires. So, it's it's been a hell of a couple of years, you know. Uh, and you've got even more tour dates next year too. So I, I hope I hope you are pacing yourself accordingly, and you're you're keeping those breaks so you don't have to like you know tuck and roll too much out of the car each time. That would be. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Uh, it is. We we we're paying attention to to how we pace how we how we pace the thing, and there's it, it seems to be pretty well set up for for uh, come coming up. Well, sir, I don't want to take any mo- any more of your time. Uh, you've uh, it was lovely chatting with you. I appreciate you calling in, and um, I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. And uh, hope to see you on the red carpet at the Grammy Awards. I'll be there with bells on, and hope to talk to you there as well. Well, Keith, if you're there, I'll I'll see you there. Then I'll look forward to it. All right, take care, sir. Okay, man, you too. Bye bye. Thanks again to the fabulous, iconic James Taylor. That's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool way to to wrap up 2015 here. James Taylor on the Pop Shop podcast. That's yeah. that's pretty awesome. Well, the year's not over with yet, um, <laughs> but you know we're we're going out on a high note. <laughs> yes. Um, you know what it's time for, Katie? What's it time for, Keith? It's time for the chart set of the week. Yeah. <laughs> like from from one specially recorded event to a non specially <laughs> recorded event, but it's nice to have that intro music. Da, 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 da. <laughs> This is sort of a fun one. I, I kind of wrote this one a little bit different than normal. I kind of wrote it, it kind of evoking uh, Casey Kasem in a way. Oh, all right. Are and you going to do Casey voice? No, <laughs> no, but I like the way he would like sort of start with a lot of clues leading up to what it was. Yes. So here we go. Okay. 15 years ago this week, an Academy Award winner and an Academy Award nominee teamed up for an unlikely number one single. The Oscar winner had won an acting award nearly two years earlier. She later married the frontman of a stadium-filling rock band. The Oscar nominee earned his nomination in the mid-1980s for writing a song for a blockbuster film. He would later appear in a number of film and TV roles, but is still best known as the leader of his namesake pop rock band. Bonus mm. points to whoever has guessed what this is. Yeah. Have you guessed it yet? 
The two performers appeared together in a film released in 2000, which contained this surprise hit single, a cover of a 1979 smash for Smokey Robinson. The artists in question? Huey Lewis and Gwyneth Paltrow. Together, they topped the adult contemporary airplay chart on December 16th with Cruisin', from the ensemble karaoke road trip movie duets in which they both co-starred. Huey Lewis, as the leader of Huey Lewis and the News, earned 21 hits on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, including three number ones. Cruisin', however, actually didn't ever reach the Hot 100, believe it or not. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it, it was a huge adult contemporary hit. Mm-hmm. It was on the radio forever. Mm-hmm. Just never made it to the Hot 100. I love that song, by the way. It's cute. I own that movie. Really? <laughs> yes. Wow. And that soundtrack. Um, <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow, thanks to her guest turns on Glee and her role in the musical film Country Strong, has notched six hits on the Hot 100, including her highest charting single, the number 11 peaking cover of CeeLo's Forget You, from Glee. That's pretty impressive. Six songs on the Hot 100. Yeah, five were from Glee. Okay. Um, you know, the Glee cast featuring Gwyneth Paltrow. Mm-hmm. And then one of them was from Country Strong. Very cool. Yeah, so there's your chart set of the week. 15 years ago, Cruisin' by Huey Lewis and Gwyneth Paltrow hit number one on the adult contemporary chart. Baby, let's cruise. <laughs> Cruising together. I love it. <laughs> Well, um, I think that's all we got. Yeah. We'll be back next week for a very special edition of the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. It's going to be an Ask the Pop Shop edition yes. of the show. If you tweeted us your questions, you might have it answered. We'll find out. We'll find out. Um, Katie, do you have any parting words? I just want to reiterate to our listeners that James Taylor was on the show today. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Once more with feeling, James Taylor. James flipping Taylor. <laughs> Was on the Pop Shop podcast. Um, I think we should go out not on James Taylor because we heard a little bit of his music during his interview. Yes. We should go out on Cruising. Obviously, yeah. Cruising. All right, well, we'll see you next week. Bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.